we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Welcome again to Peter Bregan, physician and psychiatrist, my wife, Ginger Bregan, brilliant analyst. Hi, uh, folks. Yeah, I mean, uh, this woman is on the cutting edge of every thought I have, leading it along. And uh, we have another such woman who is on the cutting edge today, leading us along. But first, let me say this is America Out Loud Pulse. Uh, the show airs every Thursday uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern Time in the USA, and then at another time during the week. And all of the shows on wonderful platform of America Out Loud appear on multiple platforms. Podcasts. Podcasts. And you can find the Pulse podcast. Uh, you, you won't find us under Bregan. You'll find us in the podcasts under America Out Loud Pulse. Now, hang on to your chair, get settled in for one of the most brilliant uh, scientific analysts and commentators and public health uh, experts, especially in the area of ethics, right and wrong, by the way. It's supposed to be about right and wrong ethics. The ethics community, I can tell you, is someone who has been fighting the worst of medicine and psychiatry and other fields for many years, the ethics departments and the ethical leaders in the world are awful. And so Astrid Stuckelberger, who is our guest today, PhD, is a rarity. She is like a, a vision in this arena. Um, usually the ethicists are bought and sold and traded like so many slaves to evil in our communities. Um, They're you, really established at this point in academia to make excuses and to uh, give permission for unethical behavior. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. No, no, it, it was already going on in the 1970s when I took a did my successful international campaign to stop the return of lobotomy and psychosurgery. It was ethics masqueraders and ethics institutes that were the most formidable of the opponents. So how is that for irony? Astrid well, and it's gotten so worse, so bad that uh, uh, during COVID, I don't know what the situation is now, the head of the Department of Ethics in NIH was Dr. Fauci's wife. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect touch. I'm sure that made it much easier for Dr. Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> so Astrid Stuckelberg, she has a PhD, a couple of masters, I think, and, and uh, a lot of it is about public health and a lot of it is about policymakers teaching policymakers, the nature of science, the goals of science. And her work has been so good that this is the third time I've interviewed her. And the most recent time, Ginger, we looked it up so people will know where to go to the previous show. On my other page. 
And that's we uh, aired our interview with Astrid on America Out Loud on September 29th, 2023. So that was just a few weeks ago. And I ended that show with, oh, my God, we have to have you back. Little did I know um, that as we started to uh, say hello to each other today, that Astrid had a new and exciting um, encounter with the world. And I thought that we were going to probably just jump into graphene nanoparticles and other things. But mm-hmm. no, she's been on the uh, right in the middle of the establishment, taking them on on the on ethics. So I'm just going to hand over to to Astrid Stuckelberger. Thank her for being alive and being uh, our friend and to interviewing with us and uh, take off with it. Hi, Astrid. <laughs> Hi, Ginger. Hi, Peter. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be with again. you. <laughs> Okay. Always very interesting discussions. So thank you. So t- t- tell us about this thing that happened where you were invited to replace a Nobel Prize winner who didn't make it to some sort of a conference. What was that about? Yeah. Yes, I was very excited because uh, well, when I accepted last time, I didn't even know I would uh, you know be called in emergency um, to this interdisciplinary international conference. And it, it was for three days. And I have been invited three years ago uh, in 2020 to that Engelberg Forum, which is uh, always sponsored to the high, from the highest um, institutions of which also the Vatican, the Holy See, the Vatican, and, uh, you know, the, the politicians and the governments. And last time there was two politicians and there was the... Uh, uh, um, Kudelski group who was showing computer quantum you know just just to introduce it was they know me because um, last time I was supposed to talk about the future of medicine and I started saying I cannot not talk to you about what's going on on this <laughs> what they call pandemic and I started to roll out for five minutes on the 15 minutes uh, the whole lie and, and to de- deconstruct you know in a very clear manner uh, everything that you know, there was the pandemic of tests that was never validated. That that the pandemic definition was absolutely not what they say. It's, and I I took out you know slides to prove it. So I was it was at the University of Geneva, and after ten minutes, I saw guards coming down the <laughs> stairs oh of goodness. the of the conference hall to stop me because they were listening. The University of Geneva was listening and. I was, I was like, I could see them coming down and I was like, okay, I'm going to go a little bit quicker. And I, I kind of wrapped up, but I had said the essential uh, of what I wanted anyway. So um, <laughs> it was very funny. They stopped, you know, um, because when I said, I'm, you know, I'm going to wrap up, I have said what I had. So this group, the, the organizer liked very much that because he said, come to the debate, you have to uh, come with a politician to the debate. And I accepted and and I challenged them on the on the measures and uh, the validity of the measures. Anyway, so this organizer called me on uh, it was uh, the beginning of the week, and he said, "Astrid, please, please come. We would like you to talk. It's you know uh, there's a no, two Nobel prizes, and one is not coming, and we would like you to replace her." And I said, yeah, "But wait a minute. I mean, I'm not a Nobel Prize." Um, Yes, it's the. Don't you know the Nobel Prize of Chemistry of 2020 is a French uh, professor Emmanuel Charpentier, and 
I said, no, sorry. So I said, uh, yeah, I can, I can certainly do something, but let me see what it is. And um, <laughs> he said, yeah, call me back tomorrow morning. And it was like we had 48 hours for me to get organized. And it's, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It's short. And I, so the first Nobel Prize, just to see the magnitude of what's going on, it was uh, Professor Michael Meyer who got the Nobel Prize of uh, Astrophysics for finding exoplanets. And it was from the biggest to the smallest. So the smallest, she is has um, actually got her Nobel Prize with an American, Jennifer Dugna, on um, genome editing CRISPR hyphen Cas9. And I said, oh my God, what is this? If it's what I think this is going to be tough. And I listened and I got it. I got it. And I said, I'm right in the middle of what's happening. So this is a sign of God. <laughs> I took I it as a that. sign. Yes. <laughs> and um, and the two who organized said, Astrid, you're perfect for this. We want you. It, it is exactly what had to happen is that she doesn't come and that you can say what we would like you to say, you know, to, to have a contradictory voice. So you have to know before I, I will tell you what, what was the Nobel Prize about that this interdisciplinary uh, conference is done, you know, with the highest level of so German scientists and uh, the, the Council of Europe has sponsored it and the Holy See has sponsored it and even called it Laudato Si, which is the la latest writing of the Pope. Wow. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and Oh, <laughs> <And it's, laughs> Astrid, let me, I got to interrupt for a minute. When I was doing the anti-psychosurgery campaign, we were hoping that the Pope would have something to say about not mutilating the human brain. And what he said finally was that um, uh, lobotomy must be restricted to medical purposes. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> that, that, that means everything. Right. That's everything. Yeah, that's what they use it for. It's always under medical purposes, whether you're being yeah. called a schizophrenic or you're supposedly violent for some reason or another, and that's medical. I mean, it's all the control purposes can be labeled medical. So, um, so it was never ethically banned, right? No, 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 no. Definitely Ooh. not by the Vatican. Uh, I, I think the only place it was ever outlawed was in Russia, USSR. <laughs> interesting and the nazis didn't like it they liked electroshock they didn't like lobotomy because it made lobotomy made useless eaters oh yes of course oh god <laughs> well, that's very interesting you see we forget how important those things are well and the other nobel understand. prize stuff that's so interesting is that a lobotomist got the nobel prize 1940 he gasmonitz maybe a little later than 40 but he started yeah he started work in 36 chopping up the brains of Portuguese state mental hospital patients, involuntary patients, victims, very much like Nazi experiments, very much like Nazi experiments, because the state mental hospitals are that bad. And it was certainly in Portugal in 1936, very close to extermination camps. They were so bad. And he, he got the Nobel Prize four years later when all the untoward effects were clearly demonstrated and wrecking the frontal lobes of human beings um 
But anyway, I'm interrupting you, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, some fun. Oh, God, this is fun. So yeah. many different things coming up. It's very yes. important. It's important <laughs> yeah, to, it's... To, to look at the arc of this destructiveness. This splash across of the, the sky. Of it it's all. the arc of destructiveness of really, as you said, Astrid, the book of life, the fundamentalness right. that makes us human. And that that includes the brains of human beings, which are really the switchboard, if you will, between human spirit and human biology mm-hmm. and ability to interact within the physical universe and all the way over to the destruction and disruption of the DNA that we've been given by uh, yeah. God. And the Nobel Prize this yeah. year went to the real inventors, not Robert Malone, who was very frustrated by this, but went to the uh, two scientists who just had dozens of papers on mRNA platforms. Uh, and and that's kind of where you're going right now. This is into CRISPR editing. Right, yes. The DNA. That you're talking yes. about. And, and, uh, and I had already talked about it when uh, WHO, uh, produced this uh, booklet. He, they produced two booklets that I kept on mentioning in my in my talks in the conferences with the image and PowerPoint. It was uh, one was the genome editing. WHO producing a book on genome editing for government for scientists. But when you read it, you don't understand what they're doing because they never mentioned CRISPR. So I. I I said it in the conference, you know, where uh, Dr. Malone and Ryan Cole and all those people were. I said, I would like you to go and study this and tell us what WHO intends to do. Oh, this is the Stockholm conference back in January 2023. I was was censored. I was censored because of that. But but you see, I I heard already, and that was in, WHO produced that booklet in the summer of 2021. So for me, it was a signal the second book was on digitalization of care, and it it matched together because it was about editing everything and controlling the, everything, the genome and all the care system with artificial intelligence. And I wasn't wrong because they keep on talking of artificial intelligence, you know, for mental health. They, they have uh, AI for good. They made a demonstration of robots. And um, there's a robot uh, called, uh, what's her name, uh, Alice or Diana. And she uh, is supposed to take care of mental health patients and be the ambassador of WHO. And to show you that th- this genome editing was already on my mind, like I have to get into this at one point and really study this better. So that conference was like, oh, I have to, the, the sign is I have to go into that and now I have to go and look a, a bit more carefully what it is. Uh, not just CRISPR, you know, cutting the genome. So what it is that is alarming is that it's not only about, you know, cutting the the book, uh, no, a page of the book. It is to, because it is sick, they always say, because uh, it was sickle cells and streptococcus. And so it was not just to cut the sick part, but it was to replace it with a mimic of synthetic biology uh, for the good, with a good gene. But no, it's not just that. It was actually to replace it with, they call it even Swiss scissors, the Cas9, but to enhance the genome. So the idea was to, oh, it's fantastic. We can edit 
the genome, the book. We cannot just the book of life cut off a page. We can edit it and we can rewrite the book of life. And this is like it's synthetic biology because the genome regenerates by itself and makes an homologous um, a counterpart of what is missing. So our body is very well done. It is the, you know, God created and it regenerates itself. But there, the interfering in the regeneration process and they even write, like if they are God, the, the code again, their way. <laughs> so this it is, is horrifying. Now there have been, you've been, we were talking earlier. Uh, yeah. And when we come back, maybe we can get into this. We're going to take a break in about a minute and 20 seconds um, about actual things that are being done in China. I understand they're putting together parts of animals uh, to make uh, chimeric animals. At a DNA level, Peter? At the DNA level, yes, yeah. Yes, it's true. And, oh they have God. no ethics. And because uh, they, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, because that, in China, they don't have rules. So many, even international scientists, go to, to China because they can do what they want in the lab. So they have made uh, even uh, mix human DNA with animal DNA, you know, like in the mythology of Greece. We, you can wonder if they had not done this before already. Um, so they do that, but they also, uh, it's not, it was, this conference was not only about human, it was about animal and plants. Mm-hmm. And we already know with plants that, you know, GMO is, is everywhere in, in the U.S. In, in Europe, it is banned for the moment, but they're trying to break in. Now, animals, they can change. And they had, uh, for example, I give people an example, cows. Well, let's, go to, to, the, let's in, go to the break and yes, let yes, all yes, of and we us give put our hands up to our heads and stop the <laughs> spinning that we're now experiencing as we listen to these uh, horrific potential, well, real, and potentially uh, applied to us walking in the streets. We'll be back um, with Astrid Stuckelberger after a short break. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. 
And we're back at America Out Loud Pulse on Thursdays with Dr. Peter Bregan, physician and psychiatrist, and Ginger Bregan. I would love to have you actually just comment a little bit on, uh, or I can, just, we're really entering into an area where you and me, we were in the, we were in the uh, war room today uh, in our kitchen with mom, Ginger's mother, and she got this look on her face. And like she said, it's it's like what you're talking about is creating a black wall and I can't get past it. Mm-hmm. was her image and it's the exact image I had on several occasions in an overwhelming way when I was researching and writing COVID-19 and, and the global predators. It's like where you feel your thinking processes come to a screeching halt because of the horror of it and the dread. I, I mean, my experience, the few times this happened to me in the tw- in 2020, when we really began to understand the extent of the global predators and the takeover of the world, not to put too fine a point on it, um, uh, the my experience was of this overwhelming dread. And all I could do at that moment is really seek God in my heart to uh, be comforted somewhat against this evil I was gazing upon uh, because God is bigger. And that seemed to help. That really helped as well as having you, Peter, right there to be able to come come to. And I, I think we were able to help each other that way. So if uh, if those listening have someone else in their life whom they can turn to at those moments, that's really important also. It's a real blessing. Yes. Um, But what we've been talking about today is the actual disruption and manipulation and replacement replacement Mm -hmm. and re-engineering of the DNA, the basic fundamental building blocks of life that create each species and each creature in this world of ours. Uh, And one thing that comes to mind for me is yet again, we've been prepared for this um, propaganda wise by uh, literature and other uh, and, and movies and so forth. I can't remember the author, but there's a very famous author who did a series of young adult books And I was fascinated with them and read them all. And so did my daughter when she was a teenager. And they had to do with the storyline was there were uh, children, teenagers, who were able to escape a lab that had been manipulating their DNA. So these young adult teenagers had wings and other abilities that come from other species because they had been... DNA manipulated before they were born, and then they had been raised in the lab, and there was some description, not a whole lot, of some of the horrible mistakes that ended up being made in the lab also, but basically the storyline had to do with the adventures and the attempts to be free and to be protected from the authorities that these young people were fleeing from since uh, they had escaped the lab. And I think there was a 
actually a veterinarian who understood different species who was able to help these young people. And there was a whole series of uh, books that came out about this. But uh, little did we know when we were reading this 25, 30 years ago that that today we would be sitting here hearing from Astrid about how this kind of experimentation is already taking place in China. So Astrid, please carry on and explain to us more about that. Yes, so I'll take another example with animals, which has happened already, is that they decided that uh, cows don't need horns because uh, it's dangerous. So they have engineered cows without horns. Oh my, at a DNA level. Yes, yes, yes. And and that's like, what are you doing? You don't, you know, there is a reason why cows have horns. Uh, Why are you doing that? And it might have consequences, something else. So that's just one side. But the worst side is what you mentioned is that if they touch and they want to touch and they for that's where ethics and regulation is so important if they change the embryo the embryo or the chromosome or the germline the descendant is it's irreversible you cannot uh, the the descendants have changed it, it means yes. that humanity they're breaking the code like you know we were talking before that they're breaking the code of god the god gene is out, out and they are trying to to break humanity, and this is where is horrible. I I was sick. I did not want to do this conference. I was feeling how sick it is, and when you read this thing of editing this book of life, and to replace it with their, like you said, design human design, you know, human animal nature design, the way that whoever wants can do it, then you 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 see what can happen, and you go. We, are we human and what is being a human and then we are human then with who will we live and the worst ginger and peter is that when i read the ethics of genome editing of the european group of ethics science and technology i was part of that actually that's why i i know a lot about ethics but is that there is already ready to edit the genome kits that the commercials have are putting on the market like it's it's like a boom of startups who have kits to edit the genome. So don't ask me where, how, when. It, it's so I it's like know. they have a toolbox, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes, a it's kit. kit. Yes, yes, kit, yeah. It's exactly the name. It's a kit to uh, engineer uh, humans, animals, and if this is not stopped quickly, that's what I said. I did a. I did a, an analysis of the ethical perspective, and I, I said that very strongly, that you cannot touch this genome because you touch humanity. And if you touch humanity, it's you have to have a longitudinal study, so you need time to see the effects. And we know already that a, a gene therapy has had terrible consequences on the next generation died. It was extinction. And so when they say that, for me, it's clear that it is a possibility for all those amateurs who have no idea and just want to make money and can go and do their little things in their lab if there is no regulation and ban very quickly on this. On top of it, what I I think, and it's my intuition saying to me that the word gain of function 
is actually CRISPR-Cas9. Mm-hmm. Because the gain of function of this sequence that is enhanced, they even use the word enhancement. They can they can program what they want. It's like a computer disk. You go, oh, I, I would like to try this. Bing. And and then it's a technology in the body in our making. In a, it's not a it's not a human anymore. It's a book with a program that you can control from a distance. That's a danger. No. Uh, I think is horrible. So I, I really, as the, it's the Vatican, I said, you know, I think the religions should take this very seriously and we should stop that. This has to be banned, you know, all over the world before we we have to see the consequence of this. And I even said that the back the backlash is that you you are, you are ignorant of your own ignorance. <laughs> I said that that you don't even know. The consequences of what you're doing and you ignore the gene and the real power of the gene because you know there is a hidden genome and a junk genome they call that actually is probably the very good part of our genome and we better study that and know you know be aware and be humble that we don't know everything and we cannot just go and touch things like that because we treat disease because we repair defect genetic disease, you know, that's what they say, do no harm, replacing any genome sequencing. So it is, it's very alarming. And um, maybe I can say just that it's, you know, there are four main principles in ethics research and in ethics in general. It is do no harm, and it's really in medicine, right? And uh, they say, oh, we don't do harm, we treat disease, we replace any genome that's defectious, and we can do gain-of-function DNA enhancing. And you go, okay, that's what they think is do no harm. Then the second principle is uh, is, is uh, do good. Uh, no, yeah. And then they, they say they do good, and they don't look at what they do as harm. I'm sorry, I mixed up the two. And so it's do no, do no harm, do good, be equal with everybody, so uh, no discrimination, and this is where I mentioned the eth- eugenics, because eugenics is oh we will do another race, so we were going to program uh, this sequence, and we're going to do uh, the military are going to have this capacity of having a lot of muscles, so they take out the myosin or they enhance the myosin. So th- that is where justice and it goes with the all the other ethical principle. You cannot do that because you're creating another race uh, and the, you're touching the human inheritance. So you're, you're, you're actually acting on God's law and natural law with absolutely no consciousness of the consequences because the human is done with so much grace that it has everything in it to repair itself. And then they did not ask the next generation, you know, if they agree with this. So anybody born from somebody who has already a genomic, you know, uh, a change will have the genomic change. So it's a transcendental effect also. So I mentioned also that I said, you, you cannot decide for the next generation. This is um, no consent. So you have a re- And then the, the last thing I said about justice and, uh, you know, is responsibility. Who is responsible uh of transferring the in vitro experiment in vivo in the ecosystem 
we it's it's like translation you know they they call that um translation of science and that's a very perverse word because <laughs> they take what is in the lab what like what they do with the covid uh you know thing and they say oh it works in the lab so now it's going to work in the human and they don't even validate it and that's exactly what is going on with the genome editing they they, they do it in the lab and they're not in context we're all different so everything is going to impact going to be impact and the last the last principle is autonomy and that's important it's the consent you you need to ask the person really consent and informed consent and to be to give an informed consent you must know more than what they know you, c- you cannot just change a human nature like that it's completely irresponsible and um then you have the right to stay human or not modified so it's going to reverse the consent because they want to impose that like uh, WHO has already produced this uh, editing of genome um and then the reversibility there is no we cannot reverse this so we have no choice the choice of, of consent is an irreversible choice uh, and and with all the second and the last point was secondary effects and etc so i i really made the case on ethics and then i said that in europe the Ovedo Ovedo Convention on Bioethics bans touching germline embryo and the cells chromosome for before birth, um, but not the USA. Maybe it's important to say that here is that uh, I think America has to wake up and and uh, ban this very quickly because they lead the world um, astray if they don't ban that specifically to ban. Put that into the, words. Yeah, to to ban any experiment on genome editing first with embryos, with germlines, you know, that will have effects on the next generation. But in general, to have a very close look before accepting to even get into genome editing and replacement and editing, replacing, enhancing a human or an animal or nature. It is accepting it for the moment. Wow. You see, there's even an article that uh, says, mm-hmm. "Oh, Europe is." Uh, I even, like, uh, yeah, it's even. I I mentioned in 2017 in Envo report, Skiora and Kaplan said, "The Council of Europe should not reaffirm the ban of germline genome editing in humans." So this comes from the USA. And they want to make the world accept that we can edit the genome the way we want, the, the way they want, sorry, <laughs> not us. So, so um, very dangerous. Describe more, this is a very, very, very important, but very important. Describe a little more the editing of the embryo. Now, is this embryos that are going to become people or is this experimental? No, well, no, you see, they say, uh, you know, uh, cystic fibrosis, for example, mm-hmm. or any genetic disease. Let's get into the embryo and change uh, his, his yeah. genome. Yeah. Uh, but the consequences, are, it's, it's in full development, is is enormous. Yes, and I don't understand. I don't understand that the church and the the Holy See does not ban that because they were always, you know, against abortion because of that reason. That they say you cannot touch, you cannot touch. But now. 
they're not saying anything that I have heard for the moment to say that we should ban this because we're touching life. We're touching God. You're touching uh, something that uh, doesn't have no right to do for me anyway. Yeah, you're, you're bringing into the uh, human gene pool potential horrible mutations. and uh, Yeah, irreversible. Yeah, that could just spread gradually throughout the whole gene pool as uh, people have more babies and uh, and in the background is the original embryo that's been tampered with. Wow. Exactly. That's why in germline and in the embryo, it goes through all the whole body and it changes and we don't know the effects. Right. So... You mentioned uh, two... We've only got a minute now again, but maybe we could bring up in the second part um, you mentioned something I'd not heard of in the invisible genome. Maybe you could talk about that in part three coming up. And then you also mentioned, you said so many things that were important, um, and really good. And then um, you mentioned that the, some of these changes that have been made in animals have led to the end of the line of the animal. Was that correct? No, it was in humans, and I had, you know, in oh some my of my books on regenerative medicine, I had looked at uh, uh, stem cell research, which is very interesting, mm -hmm. because the stem cell will adapt to the body, and you can create um, an organ or go. The, the stem cell is one of the beauty of the of the body. It can go and replace and heal, adapt to the organ to be healed. If the if the stem cell is we original. have to end end for this section okay. now very briefly, but let's come back to that and the invisible genome. I think you said and many other things you've said are just so important. Astrid Stuckelberger, Doctor Astrid Stuckelberger. Change in the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Uh, returning now with Astrid Stuckelberger. Hi there. I'm, breath I'm breathless. Um, you know so much of so many things to say. Um, uh, first, just to get it out of my head, you did mention <laughs> an invisible genome, didn't you? Yeah, the hidden. 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 Yeah, okay. they call it... They call it hidden genome, and there is another term they call junk genome. And what, oh boy, and what that's is, always dangerous. And what is that? <laughs> what is that about? Well, it's actually the, the few few papers I've seen are addressing one one of the most fascinating part of a genome. It's not the mechanical part; it is uh, the spiritual part. It is uh, the the frequency. Uh, I. I can. I have to. I will. I can get more precise when I. I can go back to that again, but it is. Uh, you know that we have our antennas, and that we uh, cap. We um, our receptors, and emitters of frequencies and of uh, our magnetic field. If you so, you know, if you love, love is, is expressed uh, through the body, or fear. And so it is not like just editing a genome that you see that. It is with other parameters that are related to the genome because the genome is not just a mechanical thing. It's also electromagnetic. Oh, and the, the, wow. Uh, oh, my God, is all I have to say. Do you want to talk about I that? I always knew there was more to love. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to continue and just forget everything else and talk about this for the rest of the... Uh, uh, time we have if, uh, 16 minutes or do you want to reserve that one for another show <laughs> I we can mention a little bit but um, we can mention another show because the whole uh, future of medicine is about that it's that we have uh, electrocardiogram electro you know um, encephalogram uh, so yeah sorry encephalogram but in medicine you also have uh, measures you have scanners but you have electromagnetic scanners. So they know very well that there is a magnetic field and there is a magnetic component to medicine. This, this is how I argue. You see, I try to find the right argument uh, because there is they are hiding and censoring so much papers um, that it's sometimes difficult to convince people that look at that aspect. It's so important uh, so anyway, that's that's one of the way that I mentioned that we are electromagnetic fields and we are forgetting in medicine uh, to to look at how magnetism can be healing. <laughs> so I, another that must be. I mean, look at how how important electrolytes are to the functioning of a body. If electrolytes go too far south, get skewed too badly, the, a person can die. Okay, this year I didn't know that. I think see, so. there's many things. Am I right, yeah, Peter? 
I mean, it, 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 in regards to the functioning of the heart and so forth. Well, I'm just thinking about the brain. Um, I was reading a 2014 paper the last couple of days um, that pertained to the effect of antidepressants, and uh, which are not antidepressants, they're just blunting agents. Antisuppressants. Yeah, there's a uh, blow in the head can do the same thing. It can make you feel silly and euphoric for a while, uh, or it can just destroy your emotional uh, sensitivity for a while. And if somebody asked you, no, you didn't feel depressed anymore. Um, there is no way to go into the brain tamper and make a person genuinely overcome depression. It's a, a human experience. It's so much more complicated. But what they were looking at was some kind of uh, deeper uh, evaluation of the electrical harmonies and organization of the brain, uh, the movement of the various... Um, synapses throughout the brain and they mm -hmm. had some sense of what a normal was and they gave the person Lexapro and within hours it disrupted all of that processing. Um, mm -hmm. So this may be also getting near to, to frequencies, to, to what you're talking mm -hmm. about, to the frequencies and the organization of uh, various electrical activities. Mm -hmm. Um in, in the brain. And the brain uses a lot, they say, half the energy of the body. It's a very interesting, com and most com maybe the most complex thing in the world. The brain is probably the most complex thing. Well, it certainly is in our world, and it may be in the universe. Uh, and the complexity of its electrical fields, I mean, to be able to produce uh, three of us to sit around and talk is just incredible how complex that is biologically the biological mediator of all that so this gets near to some of of uh, what you're talking about and i may just find that paper and send it to you astrid and see what you think about it um but when we tamper with the delicate biological organisms that are so subtle so beyond our understanding in terms of these these things you're talking about the electrical fields um, we're bound to do harm. We're not. We're not able to do good. It. It. it it's. Uh, it's literally entering into the greatest complexities in the universe that have evolved biologically, and then asking uh, yourself to do a little good by picking at it. I mean, no, you won't. But you sure could do a lot of harm, and that's what's the matter with all of psychiatry, and probably it's going to be a problem at least for all of these attempts to do genetic engineering of human beings. Um, the complexity that you're dealing with is actually beyond human understanding at present. Don't do it. Don't pass it on to the genome of humanity by people you tamper with then having different genetic contributions to make to the rest of humanity when they get around to spreading their genes. Um, wow. Yeah, they're ignorant. They're ignorant of their ignorance. You see, it's so, um, it's it's so it's not humble. It's so pretentious. Right. It's, to it's arrogant. That, yeah, arrogant. Yes, I was looking for the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, be, because what you mentioned, you probably heard of all this uh, brain uh, brain heart coherence research. I, I looked into that. I was not completely convinced. 
But there is something making sense is that the neurons are also in the heart and are also in the gut, right? They say the second brain is the gut. Yes. Well, it's all interconnected in amazing ways. I mean, the serotonin, which they're tampering with in the antidepressants, the SSRIs like Prozac, Paxil, and Lexapro, and Selexa, and so on, um, they all, the serotonin exists in the gut, the serotonin is in the bloodstream, and the serotonin is in the most widespread, not the biggest uh, by weight, I guess, but but in the most widespread serotonin network, it's the most widespread in the brain. So you're, it's beyond me right now, and I think you're, you're quite a bit ahead of me on this, honestly, Astrid, but the complexity of tampering with these systems is beyond belief. Yeah, I can give you another um, field where I was just the first year of this uh, big pandemic is, is I was in um, American Precision Medicine, uh, you know, Akaton, and and I got into a group with, on bioacoustics. And it was so interesting that I, I, I stuck to the group even if they were not, you know, yeah, at the end, I, it, not, it didn't end very well because they wanted to make too much money. They wanted to find... Um, the <laughs> they wanted to make the diagnosis of COVID with a voice. MIT has oh, articles God. on that. But what was fascinating is I don't know if you you both know the work of uh, Shari Edwards. She uh, no, so I, I'll, I'll go to I'll go to the the logic. It's that every molecule has a wave, every wave has a frequency, and every frequency has a sound. So when you speak, you actually express. Uh, um, a vibration that you can measure and you can see and analyze. And Sherry Edwards has done that and has given, you know, the science uh, to look at the voice. And from the voice, you can actually find out, uh, for example, depression is one of the easiest or Alzheimer is one of the easiest or Parkinson, of course, that was, yeah. But with depression, you can find it on the voice, bioacoustic diagnosis. So I was really fascinated, but I found out very quickly that it was impossible to make a, a COVID assessment because there is no COVID. It's a, if, if there was a coronavirus. Yeah, that's right. You got to have something. Uh, yeah, there yeah. is a flu that mutates so quickly that it is never the same. So you cannot find a standard and it is impossible to do it. But the idea, it, the, the science behind it is fascinating because it means that the sound is is an expression of your whole body uh, making, whether healthy, whether not, and it can give you a lot of clue on someone. Well, we know and that. Can... I'm a psychotherapist. I mean, oh. I, I can I sometimes work only on the phone, but I always try to have a picture of the person in front of me, if not the person. And mm. I mean, you can hear, uh, or if you love your wife or husband, you can hear the tone mm. of their voice as they first speak in the morning, telling you what their night has been like. <laughs> the sound <laughs> of our voices expresses an enormous amount about who we are. And um, you can, uh, children can do that. And children learn from abuse to be so sensitive to the sound of voices. So I think that when you jump to the electronic and then suddenly you come up with an elaborate electrical explanation, I think our best explanation is still something a little bit more spiritual or psychological or psychosocial, which is that we we can, with our own ears, identify a tone of voice, 
associated with all kinds of different nuances, which I do believe would be far beyond the capacity of an AI uh, analysis. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. Believe. That makes and, sense. And what, yeah, yeah. 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 Completely. And but, well, what, uh, what was fascinating for me is that there is an anti note. So they wanted to produce an anti-note to heal the person. And I thought, yeah, but wait a minute. So anti-note, that's why music or voice can be therapeutic. And the organs in the churches were actually meant to re-establish uh, the pattern of electromagnetic fields. That's what is said in France by some therapists. The orgs, you know, in the in the big cathedrals, uh, right? So the organs, yes, organs, yeah, yeah. So, well, so I have no has... doubt about it. We we had a, a phone call yesterday with uh, a, a new person, new wonderful uh, woman who's doing some great writing, and we just liked her from the moment we heard her voice, and then uh, when we were. The phone call was over. One of us, was it you, Ginger? Mm -hmm. Ginger said, you know, she's got the same rhythmic, Ginger said, I can't quite explain it, but the same tonal rhythmic voice of one of our dearest friends. And I immediately realized who the friend was, and mom immediately got it. And it was mm -hmm. just the tone and intonation of the voice. You would not have mistaken her for her, but it had this, and it also communicated to us a quality of the person. Uh, so all of this, I, I think we have to be very careful about getting totally materialistic and and just trying to isolate this tone. And, and even, even to say some of what you're saying about, you know, maybe it comes from the whole body and all of that. Well, maybe, you know, I mean, the body's also an echo chamber, I presume, and it's this mm -hmm. and it's that. And it's if uh, our vocal cords and age has affected my vocalizations immensely. Um, I hope for the better, but they certainly don't sound like a young man. <laughs> and um, so all that's really wonderful and complex. Beware extrapolating into hard science too much about it. Um, but but really knowing that human beings can recognize all these changes in people through their voices, I'm sure. Um, yeah, the bank recognize. you know that the banks in Switzerland, they recognize your voice. It happened to me. Oh, and they, wow. they start, they said, uh, hello, Mrs. Tukiver. And it was a robot. And I said, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my and, gosh. And I really, I, this is what they're preparing. You see, that the they can recognize your voice and they can uh, edit your genome with AI and they can yeah. do this. And, no, and they and can insert realize, your voice. They can insert your voice into things that aren't you, too. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mimic. Go ahead. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. Mimicking. Yeah. So this, what we have that people understand is knocking out nature and replacing it with uh, AI. And frequency is exactly Bill Gates uh, wants to do this, it's, you know, turn us into computers, uh, you know, that can, are controllable to make it yeah, clear. I mean, what makes the bank think that within a short time, people won't be able to make up voices they've heard on the radio or TV and get into other people's bank accounts or just recorded people on some high quality recordings and play it back? I mean, this is all so complicated and high risk to remove the human the human the human can use a machine to make up make a decision 
but having the machines actually kind of make the decision for you as uh, as in that what you're describing i think is very hazardous well it's happening in hollywood you know with actors you can they they want to buy uh you know the young actresses and i i have a witness from the family uh that that they want to you know pay you a thousand dollars for your image your voice and then they will go and produce a film and make money on on your image and it is already happening and that's wow. why there's strikes in hollywood uh, they are replacing a lot of actors are actually already uh, not actors they're just playing with the synthetic image this happened for the first time for one of the first times when an actor died in the yeah. middle of a movie and they were able to construct him in a way that he looked real to finish the movie <laughs> and yeah, i i, I can't even begin to grasp the technology on that but uh they digitalized him Astrid, we're down to uh, one minute and 35, 34, 33. She should, Astrid, you should give uh, your information as to how people can find you uh, or find your writings and so forth. Oh, and well, for the moment, I'm uh, discreet. Yeah. And I've been, you know, uh, discreet uh, as much as, you know, I only have, I have my website. Yes. And it's, com, and I have put many things from the past and books and, and things, but I have five books lining up that I have not put out because it's not the moment and I don't know when is the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, it will come on the, on the website, at least this, and I have Telegram where I, I post really selected things for people and it's um, dr hyphen no yeah underscore sorry dr underscore astrid underscore Zuckerberger. and that telegram i i really um let people comment i repost and i really try to show and make small comments sometimes for like for the Nobel prizes you know why are they choosing this and sure is this really uh, not a propaganda machine yeah. and uh, yeah, so the, you can find me there, but you know I'm around <laughs> with you oh, and great. others. I, I'm still. Yeah. We are grateful you are around, and we plan on helping spread you around. Thank you, Astrid, so much. Oh, thank you for your discussion and being so knowledgeable and open. This Peter and Ginger Bragg and saying goodbye and thanking Astrid Stuckelberger. Thank you so much.